Hello, and welcome to episode 331 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Travis Gibb, comics creator and writer of Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt. Travis, thanks so much for coming back on the, the podcast. You've been a guest uh, multiple times, so I think we'll skip the, the bio, but uh, let's, let's jump over to, to the elevator pitch for this awesome series that's on Kickstarter right now. Well, hold on. I need to know, am I the number one guest? Have I appeared more than anybody else? I think you are like the the Saturday Night Live guy that like has the most hosting and you have like the special the special jacket to wear and stuff like that. So I think that might be you. Yeah, I'll have to. I'm going to hold jacket. you to that. If you ever, if we're ever con <laughs> together, if you do not get me a robe, a special robe, I don't care if you steal it from your hotel room. Like I need it. Like I, I need to feel special. I, I I will I will jot that down. Uh, next time we're at a con, I will present you with a constructing comics robe. To, <laughs> as the but what happens if you get uh, supplanted? Do you have to like ceremonially? Yeah, they, they would have to. They would have to come and get the robe from me. Yeah, uh, it would have to be some sort of uh, beat down uh, to to get the robe because I wouldn't go down without a fight. No, I, I know that. Uh, I could tell by the titles of your book that you wouldn't go down without a fight. <laughs> no contest all that kind of stuff so right that's true that's true uh but yeah so this one um this is uh sorry i i, I stuttered for a second this is called broke down and four dead bodies yeah so we've talked about this one i think maybe i'm not sure if we did but we, we probably have on one of the yeah. shows uh broke down and four dead bodies is about two guys that break down on the side of the road they have a, a mysterious case uh they hate each other um, and everyone's out to get them from um, the mob, from a drug cartel to the police to um, just random handymans that are trying to fix the, help them fix the car. You know, everybody's out to kind of ruin their day and ruin them from uh, getting getting out of the situation. Um, it's lots of fun, lots of guns, lots of violence, lots of F words. And it's kind of a whodunit. It's uh, kind of told in a Quentin Tarantino-esque crime story. Uh, and this is the first time we have it in trade paperback we've had it finished for a while and this is the trade this was your first uh foray into creating comics with with this title yeah this is the first i mean i i did some like uh anthology work prior but yeah this is my first uh you know series this was my goal was you know back in the day it was going to be an ongoing series i was going to do you know 12 issues uh, i guess that's not ongoing but longer than i wasn't going to do just a quick a trade i was going to do a, a big big 12 issue story arc and I still may at some point um that was the goal uh but just I've had so many other projects so many other things that I I haven't been able to get back to it to kind of wrap it and put it into trade you know put it to bed uh so to speak so I'm really excited to do this because this is my first collected trade yeah yeah that's a like a really like great accomplishment for for an indie creator you know we were we were on a show earlier uh last last week with with Tim and we we're yeah. talking about how like the having the trade is like really once you get to that point, that's kind of the way that you can hopefully break even and then, you know, start profiting at your table. Because it takes a long time to sell three dollar single issues to, you know, right. make up that table cost. But if you're, you know, 20, 25 bucks uh, out of out of pop, it's it's easier to, to, you know, recoup that that table cost and then hopefully build from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the average person who goes to a convention, they uh, 
they're probably just casual readers. They probably don't go to the comic store Wednesday. I'm sure they are, but -hmm. those people aren't going to be really, they're probably in line right now for Donny Cates or, or Scott Snyder or Jim Lee, right? They don't have time for you. They'll get to you on Sunday afternoon on their way out with no money. Uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, the casual reader goes by, you know, you may be uh, the first comic they've read in a long time. So having that complete story for them helps because I think that's a big turnoff for people at a con. He's like, oh, I don't know where I'd find the next issue because I don't I don't go to comic stores. Where, how am I going to find it? Yeah. This gets them the whole thing and they feel that they're done. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, just from what I've observed, um, you know, I uh, I came from the the time where you you read your single issue, you bagged and you boarded it, and then you put it in your 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 short or your long box, never to to see the the light of day ever again. But my my son, he has no interest in that. If he's going to read, you know, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, he wants to sit down with a trade, um, and also when you have a trade. Um, you know, you can read it at the beach, you can read it in the bathtub. And like, you know, if a corner gets nicked, or it gets a little bit of damage, it's not like, oh, like, you know, now this is not a CGC 9.8 anymore. Like, you can throw it in your backpack and, you know, not worry about it, where if you are a bit of a condition junkie, and you have a single issue, you're going to be like, I got to keep these corners sharp, I can't, the spine can't roll. So, um, that way, you know, depending on your experience with comics or your preference with comics, now having a trade, that's going to open up uh, more opportunities that way as well. Yeah, I think only, but the only people who care about um, like comics and the way they're laid out is if you bought it at like a used bookstore and then you went to a regular comic store and the spines don't match, right? That's the only time you care because you want the yeah. spines to look alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I, I've seen the guys or, or gals who have complained that, like, you know, I have my Fantastic Four omnibus, and then right. for all of this, for some reason, Marvel changes the uh, the spine. the way it looks on the spine, so it, it's not as pretty to 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 look at. It's either like, you know, the Marvel logo is a little bit lower or or whatever. Yeah. So that's yeah, that is a complaint with with collective editions. Yeah, it's it's so stressful. And I didn't realize how hard it was. Uh, um, random other take. So I just did expired. And in expired, we did a connecting cover. But we did the connecting cover after the fact. And then when I, I got the print, it's slightly off. Like, it, it's slightly off. If you put them right next to each other, it's slightly off. And not not a big deal. But still, like, it's annoying because you can't, can't plan for those things. So it's yeah. it's always good, like planning those things ahead and getting those things right, you know? So is it, uh, for the connecting, um, was that like uh, issue two, like variant covers or yeah, multiple covers? Two, yeah, let me see if I, I can probably show you. Let me see. I think I got it right here. I know I got two out. Uh, give me two seconds. Let me show you. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll vamp for a little bit while you're looking for that. Um, so, Collect our uh, connecting covers. I, I I like that because that's not something you see a lot in the 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 indie community. Um, you know, variant covers. Yeah, we you know we want to try to take advantage of that. I don't know if I've seen anybody do connecting covers. Oh, very nice. See, uh, but 
it doesn't quite line up like it lines up but you see at the top there's that little gap see it's not quite not yeah. quite right it's so close but you know you got to be prepared yeah. so uh i think i think uh it, it looked really beautiful um i wouldn't have known unless unless you told me so i, I wouldn't yeah. stress that too much yeah it's a, it's a little bit it's it's just a little bit off which is annoying uh, but again that's just uh it's one of those things where i saw because it was never meant to be a connecting cover he just did this piece mm -hmm. and i was like let's just continue on like it looks like it continues on let's let's keep going you know yeah with the with the sword that uh that connects that's yeah. the real connecting element there yeah awesome um so what about uh doing a trade what are some of the the positives and and, and negatives of, of doing a trade i would think the positive and you can correct me if i'm wrong here is uh a complete volume that you're able to sell but then also the the core audience that has those those four singles um you know, and, and I know you're going to talk about this. You, you have extra materials in there, but like, what are the the positives, of, positives and negatives of, of doing a trade? Well, I, again, the positive is, um, you know, uh, as especially for someone like me, um, I do a lot of comics. Hence why I'm yeah. on your show so often is I do so many comics. Um, I mean, but you'll keep it up. You're pretty close, right? How many titles? Do you know how many titles you guys have? Oh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't checked. Um, right, like in, in between writing and publishing and and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's hard to figure out how many. So once you have some, you'll realize that your your rack starts looking busy. Yeah. So getting a trade is really good because that puts all those four issues to bed, and now you have one slot versus the four. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Uh, second is it's really easy. You buy an ISBN and you can get into the book market really quick. You can sell okay. it to Amazon. You can, you can do all sorts of things like that. You can even print on demand if you wanted, you know, you, you've got those opportunities. The opportunity that you just said, you know, selling, uh, is a lot, uh, it's all together. So it's a complete story. It's really good. Um, so I think those are the positives. Uh, you know, you can add more material, speak, do some stuff, but, uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff there. Um, the next, the, the negative, I think, uh, one that I didn't think about when talking about these uh, double page spreads, and this is something I didn't even think about, and actually I haven't even solved the problem yet. The way trades bend, uh, double page spreads are harder to to do. With the 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 art that's in the in the, the spine, yeah because of the way it plays out. So, so getting those right are really hard. So that may mean I'm going to have to do some uh, little maneuvering to make things work. Okay. Uh, and then a, an, an interesting, cause we always give the dirt here, an interesting problem that I have, one of the things I did on broke down and four dead bodies is I cheated at the end. Of, and this is an old Marvel trick. Marvel used to do it. Marvel and DC used to do it too. The end of the issue would be the start of the next issue. So I'd use the same art, Just maybe okay. different dialogue, but the same art. Okay. So, so that cuts down that page count. You know, it's not a lot, but it cuts down it by four. Um, so little things like that are, are are super interesting in trying to to figure those things out. And those are the negatives of building a trade. 
Um, and then the other thing about trades too is tinkering, right? When you get it to the trade and you're re-looking at everything, you want to tinker, you want to play. Like I wanted to do a pass. I want to change some things. I got to send those over to the, to the editor, have Heather do that. Heather herself has got better at this craft in the last five years. She wants to go and make a few tweaks. The letter has got better at his craft. He wants to do a few tweaks. Everybody wants to tweak it, you know, um, and do something. And that's not even just me. I thought it was just me, but um, you talk to Matt Rosenberg or Scott Snyder, they say if you buy the trades of their Batman or any of that, they're different because they they do different stuff when they do the pass, which I, I've never side-by-side side compared, you know, except for like classic Ninja Turtles or something like that, which you expect to be a difference, you know, because it's mm-hmm. normally color and black and white or whatever. Yeah, I think I I remember, I don't know exactly what podcast it was where Scott Snyder was talking about, um, I think maybe like sitting in a hotel room like before con and getting uh and getting the the you know files for the for the 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 collected edition and he was actually using it to go maybe spruce up some of the dialogue or or something like that. So if you were to, you know, put that single issue on a table and then next to it, um, you know, that same page, you would see that he had taken the time to, you know, clean some things up. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And plus I would think, you know, all of us, we kind of, I know for me, when I think about the first thing that I wrote, I'm like, you know, I'm glad that I made that. And it was, you know, it got me, it got me started, but you, you kind of, at least for me, I, I kind of look back and go, all right, there's a lot of things that I can do better or a lot of things that I, that I know now. So are, are you seeing some of that stuff revisiting broke down? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and actually some of it, some of it's new, just tweaking dialogue and stuff. And some of it's like removing, you know, I've learned as I've grown, you don't need to, I, one of my bad habits as a writer is I like to describe what's on the page sometimes. And it works really well for like a, a Granite State Punk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work so well for, for a broke down. Uh, so letting the art speak for itself, removing some of the stuff. Um, and then I, even me, like I do some, some Quentin Tarantino type jumps. I'm actually thinking about taking some of those out. I think you still need them for what I'm trying to do, but I, I think I may, I, I have like three of them in a row and I may take one of them out and make it not a jump and stuff like that. Just little things like that, which just make the flow of the story better, which make it a better presentation. Cool. And um, I, I know, I, I'm pretty sure that this is the case, but you're adding extra material. So for somebody like me, who's been a broke down fan for, um, you know, a number of years, each time there's a, a, a single issue that's come out, I've gotten it. I'm going to get a new experience um, with this because I'm going to get, um, you know, different material that wasn't presented to me in the, in the singles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm added in a couple pages for an epilogue. So okay. I'm added in a couple pages for an epilogue. Uh, because in the end, uh, for Broke Down, we deal with Randy and Denver and what happened with them. But we really don't see the fallout of Boneyard and like his gang. His gang got shot up and lost some people. Let's see what happened with that and Mr. Washington. So we're going to do a little bit of that. The other thing that I'm going to do as well is the first, uh, I didn't have the format down when I started Broke Down. Mm-hmm. So broke down the format is a five-page flashback in the beginning, 
and then we start the story. So five day flashback, and then it starts in the beginning. And it and those those flashbacks tie into the story. Um, so we're we're gonna do that. I'm gonna add some pages to the front to do that. And I'm also going to cut down issue four. Um, issue four was 40 pages. I'm gonna break that into two issues um formatically, because um uh again, give it some dirt. We uh Heather and I were asked a few years ago um, to for a publisher. A publisher wanted it, um, but they wanted it. Uh, they 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 made a good point to us that I've never thought about until they pointed out issues go down everything, right? So let's say I sold a hundred copies of issue one. Odds are you sell fifty of the next one, twenty five, and then it goes down a little bit each issue you go. That's how it does, unless you you get lucky and and it goes the opposite way. So having a 40 page comic at the end is not a great idea because that's your least profitable book, you know, in your in stuff, it's better to have that at the end. So I may break that down. And it's funny when we did it, one of the greatest things about having Heather as an editor and myself, we sat down and looked at it. I, on a subconscious level, did it. So, uh, you know, I just told you I have a flashback in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, issue four has a flashback in the middle of the comic. Okay. It's the only other one that I do that, and it's right at the 20 page mark. Isn't that crazy? So it's oh. already, I, I think subconsciously I knew this needed to be more issues. So I added that in there. Um, in fact, just recently, I, I'm sure you saw the announcement. Uh, I announced that Voodoo Nations is now going to be a five page because I was about to do the same thing. I was like, I need about, uh, I actually only needed about 12 more pages to do it right. But, you know, I can add, give a good epilogue, a good send off, you know, with yeah. extra pages uh, to extend for five. So it's these things that you learn and trying to make it better. And that's what I want to give the fans like you who haven't read in a while. Hey, I'd like to see some of that stuff. And then the extra, extra, I've been planning this trade for a long time. I have five um, backup stories, one for each of the main characters that are already written in the art stone ready okay. to go and i've got some big names i've got chuck pinu i've got um uh jonathan Bur james burton i've got jonathan hendrick i've got cr florence i've got um hold on i'm trying to think of the other the name of the guy stoney williams i think did one you know i've got some big name guys doing some of these backup stories uh uh if if we get to that point yeah and sort of the way that you're you're breaking that that fourth issue um kind of making it a, a fifth issue um you're now in line with what somebody would expect if they picked up a, a spider-man trade or a batman trade because a lot of times it's five issues um makes up a you know a story arc from from the big two you know a spider-man story is five issues so you're now almost right in line with that so you're you know giving the the same amount of value of of you know a, a big two book um yeah i mean my page counts my page counts were always higher so i was giving that same value anyways mm -hmm. but now it's more visual in it you know to show yeah cool um yeah so you know we we, we talked about the the book um, it's probably been something that's, you know, been sitting on the, on the back burner for you for a while. You, you have all these other projects that you have your toes in. You had mentioned that, uh, everybody has sort of evolved, um, with the new stuff. Um, uh, I know that you have, you, you mentioned some names and stuff like that, but the, the, it seems like the core group is together yourself, Heather, 
and and Jerome, right? Um, right. Yeah. And what about do you, do you have the same artist uh, throughout the the book? Yeah, the same you... the same artist was all throughout. The only thing that changes we have uh, three colorists. Okay. So we have uh, JW. Well, J JW was my first colorist. J JW Sims. He did the first issue, um, and then we. I've had him in every issue since then. Um, but as you know, he's battled cancer. So so he's had health problems throughout. So he's either done like the flashback on an issue or um there's something that some there's a there's a big page as you've read it where we have the sky and we're outside. James really needed to do those pages because of the way they look. You you would really be able to tell, you know, because of, of all the stuff. Yeah. So he did those pages. Uh, and then we've had a couple of other colorists go through it. But I, I made them look very similar. So you probably have never noticed that I've had different colors. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I always love when people um, do a comic. And one of the great things about comics is if you change timelines or you change locations or maybe, you know, some element of the storytelling changes, like starts to rain or it gets really hot like by bringing either a different line artist or a different colorist or, or some aspect of the art, you can really differentiate like, hey, this is where we were here. Everything looked right. this way. All of a sudden you change the page and sort of intuitively, you know, like I'm in a different place. I'm in a different time because, you know, it just doesn't look the same or, or like, so that's like one of the great things about comics I, I think a lot of times about like the jeff lemire um moon knight comics like you know it would be like clean you know marvel style and then like moon knight would go crazy and they would bring in somebody who had sort of like a a more like chaotic style and, you know he's he's fighting werewolves on the moon and you're like what is going on here like two pages ago he was you know sitting in a uh, a diner you know talking to somebody and now it's totally shift. So that's one of the really cool things you can do with, with having different artists. So it seems like um, that's what you're doing with the colorist. Um, and it's great that, you know, despite all the the difficulties that it, he was able to stay part of it. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, it's super, it was always super important to me because I always wanted, um, I always wanted to keep the best, best team, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, we talked about the story. You're you're no stranger to Kickstarter. Um, you, you you know either through your the books that you run through Orange Cone. Have have other people? Um, is expired still an Orange Cone book? And it's just that you're you're working it's, with somebody yeah. else. Yeah, it's expired is an Orange Cone book. It's through a publishing, but somebody else wrote the, basically came up with the story, and I'm I'm writing it for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but even himself admitted, like I, I do the heavy lifting. I create the stuff. But he, he helps. Um, wouldn't even say he helps finance it because we finance it through the Kickstarter. But um, yeah. but uh, yeah, he he pays me as a writer for that. The writing part is paid for. But uh, you know, the art and all that is done with the Kickstarter. But it's it's basic. It's an orange gum book. Yeah. And so, um, with all of this experience, um, do you still get the 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 excitement and the nerves of of everybody who who runs a Kickstarter? You know, you hit launch, all of your your core friends and family members come over in the first couple of days, and you you look at that that number and you're like, man, I'm projected to you know go here, and then we hit the middle, 
And then we're all like, you know, we, we stress out. We wonder if people are, are hearing us and seeing our tweets. So with, with your experience, are you able to, to relax a little bit and be like, all right, um, I think we've talked about what you believe your, your core number of like fans are. Right. Yeah. Um, so are you, are you confident that like, Hey, you know, I, I have my orange cone crew. Um, you know, they might, they might not be here yet. You know, there's a certain mentality with, with Kickstarter backers where they, they hit that, let me save this project. And, and when it gets into the last 48 hours, we'll, we'll make a run. Um, what are your thoughts right now? Uh, yeah, this has been, um, I expected it to do much better. Like I thought that those stretch goals were enticing. I thought we'd get there. Uh, but I am, uh, I'm getting a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little nervous. You know, we're only a little bit over halfway funded. Uh, and I've got five days left uh, as of this uh, podcast. So it's a little scary, man. It's it's scary. And Kickstarter as a whole, like, I think it's not producing as well. You've just done a couple of Kickstarters. What do you think? Do you, I don't think it's producing same. I think it's just the economy. And I also think that there's just a lot more options on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, the the last book that I did was the the individually myself the the metal eagle book that mm. was the that was the largest struggle i've ever i've ever had on on kickstarter it was it was a race to the to the end um yeah i i i think there's I, I it seems like there's a lot more squeakers um for for lack of a better term where you you, you get there but you don't see the sort of the well at least there's a certain number of people you can count on to sort of have those sort of lofty runaway hits. You, you know, you, you're Pat Shands, like right, he's gonna, sure. he's gonna do a book. It's going to do amazing. Um, you know, and then there's a, there's a lot of folks that are going to, they're going to make their book and they're going to squeak by. They're going to, they're going to, you know, a couple hundred dollars past that funding goal or, or whatever. But it seems like um, it's, it's tough sledding on, on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, it's it's a little tough and it's a little scary, but um, I also I, I think that that's uh, that's okay. You know, I was actually talking to my wife about it today, and you know, she I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know, and it's it's one of three things. One, it's the economy. I'm right. It's the economy. It's, it has nothing to do with me. Just the economy. Two, um, my books aren't as good as I think they are, and that's just a reality that you have to face. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying I have to factor that in. That that's a possibility that I'm not getting retention because my quality is not up, whether it be uh, art quality, it may not even be my writing, it could be the art quality, it could be the color quality, there could be something that I'm not seeing. Um, uh, and number three, the other one, which is a big one, is uh, I'm not, am I like stuck in my ways? Because everyone can get stuck in their ways and not follow trends. That's why companies that did right for hundreds of years where they stick by their guns, we're going to do things this way, and they don't work. And I know there's trends of like more nudes and stuff like that, but I, I think there's other trends on where people may be getting back or stuff like that, that maybe I'm not aware of that, that I need to be following. So trying to, trying to figure that out is a big secret. Um, I'll be honest. This is the first time I, I think there's a possibility that I may not uh, fund because I need uh, about 3000 more dollars. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, well, I have a question that I was thinking, do you think that as we see this time where it's a little bit more 
difficult to to reach your funding goal do you think maybe we'll see the number of people who um sort of have the passion and the desire to 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 make comics like maybe we see less creators coming there because it's a, it's a grind to run a kickstarter so maybe people are going to be like you know what i've done this for so long i've been grinding like i can't i can't take it anymore do you think maybe we'll see see less creators uh coming that way uh, it's, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, I think it, anything that makes it harder is definitely going to drive people away. It, it may make our goals be lower, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that Tyler, you know, both and I, you are both comics tribe people, you know, we were taught that we should really put what we need to make in the Kickstarter. And I didn't do it for years and now I am. And yeah. maybe I'm seeing that like, you know, people have, uh, there's all sorts of different different things but all my stuff have been struggling these last little bit i'm not funding in the first week i'm funding like third week or or fourth week like towards the end it's it's been it's been different um to do that and i think that the as a mythos changes but i do think anybody who sticks around and, and continues to be creator i i think we're still noticed and yeah. honored and respected you know uh and the positive of someone like you or I is our back catalog with those add-ons, you know, we can, it's all, it takes a couple of pledges of people who haven't found our stuff before, who wants to do a deep dive to get mm -hmm. us back in the running for the race, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's actually, what was I, I, I might've lost my, my thought. Um, not to get, I guess maybe, um, this, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to phrase it. Um, and I, I don't, I don't um, fault anybody who does this, but um, when you go on Kickstarter and you see a book that's uh, TNA um, yeah. and it's doing like thirty thousand, you know, dollars, and you know, you have this this labor of love that you have, you know, worked on, you know, studied story craft and, and you're struggling. Does, does, is that a little disheartening for, for you? I, I know for myself, it is a little bit. Only sometimes. So most of the time, no, okay. uh, because I've seen those books. I flipped through them. There's not a lot of content or meat or anything. Cause I think you can do sexy and have meat like Pat Shans, like Stevie yeah. and stuff. There's some meat to that. Um, you know, uh, but it, when I look at that, um i'm like you know that you don't have the same thing that i'm trying to produce so mm -hmm. that's that that doesn't bother me and then i know and same thing as you you know our goal my goal is to get published by more publishers you are shooting yourself in the foot because they don't want that they don't, they don't want those kind of publishers They're, those aren't considered real comics to someone who's at boom or stuff regardless of how much money you brought in um you know, uh, what does, uh, the only thing that upsets me on that is when they have a lot of money and a lot of backers. Okay. Because a lot of times they have a lot of money, but it's still only like 200 backers. So I'm like, oh, it's just a lot of people spending a lot of money. And then I think about it, like the people who are spending that kind of money, it's because they don't get that content on the regular. They can't just go on Wednesday and get that content at the comic store. You know, that comic doesn't come out on the regular. So yeah. they buy heavier when they see it. Mm -hmm. Like that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, it's when I see like, you know, 700 backers and like, it's all boot book. I'm like, what is going on here? You know? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I it, it's it's kind of hard to not to not look around. I was thinking what you were saying about like, you know, we both have like aspirations of um, you know, doing more. Um, I was on a I was on a live stream the other day and the guy was like, you know, you can cuss if you want to. And I was like, I was like, I generally like when I when, you know, as the host of this podcast, I don't cuss a lot. Right. Or if I go on other people's show, I don't cuss. And he was like, well, I was like, well, you know, if I've been known to have a potty mouth, like, you know, with friends and like hanging out. But like, I look at this as a, a bit of a job interview. Right. And and I don't want like. If ever the chance happened that like Jim Lee was like, hey, you know, I want this guy to, to you know, write this book. And he like Googles me and it's just me just saying like, you know, the F word on, on somebody's F podcast. <laughs> yeah. So right. like it, it's it's a little bit of a, it's the same, you know. You, you know, if you're producing this, this TNA book, or if you, you present yourself online as, you know, this, you know, rude figure or this like abrasive figure. So it's, it's a little bit of, 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 of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so yeah. So when I look at those, that's why I don't, I don't really get upset about those numbers because yeah. of things like that. Cause I've read that content and the content's not, no one's buying it for the writing, right? Yeah. No one's buying it for the writing. Well, I mean, with with you for with like broke down, that's that's a crime book, so it's going to have elements of violence. But like one thing for me, um, you know, like if if a twelve, thirteen year old kid comes and like their their mom or dad is like you know like hanging around, they might go like, "Hey, what's what's in this book?" And I'd be like, "Hey, you know, there's no." There's no gore. There's no sex. It's, you know, a there's a level of like comic book violence, you know, people right. punch each other, people fight people. But like that, that's that's the one benefit right, that right, like right. that I can always tell a parent that like, hey, there's there's no there, there, there might be some blood in here, but it's not, you know, you know, obscene or there, there's there's no sexual content in here and, and stuff like that. So that's that's another thing that I think is 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 a positive. And especially now that I have a bunch of young reader books, I, I try to make the table. It's like the young reader books are here. Right. The, the anthologies are here in the middle. And then this is sort of my individual stuff. That's like high concept sci-fi. So, um, but yeah, generally everything on, on the table is, 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 you know, and, and, and it's, I, I don't know if it's, it, it, one thing that's strange to me about those, those TNA comics is there's so much, stuff that you could see on the internet like why why do you <laughs> why why are you trying to get that from from your comic books or or your or your you know whatever prose or whatever you're consuming it's it's never made sense to me but i will tell you this as someone who used to run a comic store for a few years there was a couple of people who bought that stuff and they would come at like random late hours and I would notice it would come with less people are there because they were ashamed of what they were buying. Um, and that always kind of broke my heart just because like what you're buying, like, you know, you should yeah. have to buy whatever you want, you know? Um, and, you know, it, we felt the same way though. We put it in a bag and blocked it. So I'm glad that Kickstarter is around so they can get that content that's mm -hmm. covered their home own home and gets delivered if that's what they want want you know that's the case you know i mean and it, things like you know there's cherry i think is like the biggest program i mean that's almost like a 200 issues like it's been crazy it's been around forever 
yeah. so there, there's an avenue for it but again i want to tell stories that are going to outlive me those stories don't outlive you yeah yeah i uh i have an interesting anecdote um uh my my dad um purchased my amazing spider-man subscription from from marvel comics right and and it came in the same packaging as his playboy so ah, he would okay. have to, he would have to make sure that he was actually give he would like he would open it up he's like okay this one is yours um so there was there was that so it, it was the same packaging as everything but in the same name so he would he would make sure that i was getting the right book i was getting the uh the, the adventures of uh, Peter Parker, not and not the other book. Right. Yeah. By the way, I stand so, corrected. I looked up Cherry. It's only done 23 issues. Oh. She just appeared in thousands of things. That's why I thought that. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you talked earlier a little bit about how you're, um, where you're at as far as like a couple of days to go, X amount of dollars. Um, are you using the same um marketing plan i know you have a sub stack you're on most most social media you you hit the podcasting you know youtube circuit pretty pretty well um yeah. is that still same your same philosophy same philosophy the only thing that i'm really leaning into is i'm leaning really leaning into backer kit launch um I'm okay really pushing that you know uh trying to get the numbers up and trying to use that like uh, here, I'll, I'll log in right now. Um, I don't use the actual backer kit, but I do use launch. Um, trying to trying to figure that out. Can I you talk I, a little bit about? Can you talk a little bit what that what 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 that does for you? So yeah, what launch does is launch just sends an email out. So it sends. I've got about eight thousand emails um, or so of people. No, that's not the same, right? I've sent eight thousand emails. I've got about two thousand people who pledged on, on my stuff. Two thousand okay. different. Now I can get some of those through my email list, but these are backers who backed anything that I've done. So I send out emails, uh, you know, letting them know. So I did it when it launched. I did it like day two. I did it nine days left. I said last six days and I kind of sent them an email and it gives me numbers. So they've sent it out and they can tell me how many new, how many returning backers that I have. They can tell me how many uh, with the email, what my response rate is, if I'm getting anything from it. Uh, and that helps me do some stuff and you get a, a pretty decent result uh, uh, from it. So I've sent it out. Let's see where the statistics are. So I've sent it out a couple of different times. Uh, Sorry, let me give you a different one. They, they, they don't do their like, big compile to the end. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show you one. So like the first email that I sent out uh, it sent it out. I got 13 pledges that resulted to I normally say the amount of money, but um, uh, I'll have to find it. But they they tell you the amount of money that they they brought in and how much funding it brought in uh, for the thing, which is really, really good that it helps out. Uh, the other thing that it tells me is like people who backed me a lot. So uh -huh. I know the people who spent a decent amount of money on me, like I can tell you who my top subscribers. So those are the people that I got to reach out to and figure out, oh, why haven't they backed yet? And not because okay. it's a bad time. It's just, it's, that's something I need to know. Yeah. All right. So these guys are backing on the regular. They're not backing now. So what have I done to upset them? Slack. 
what are they waiting on slash you know there there's all these different matrix that i can figure out yeah well i had mentioned earlier that you you know you you hit the con circuit um you being in florida i i think i saw one of our mutual friends joke that there must be like six cons a uh a month in in florida um what do you do you have something at your table like a qr code for somebody who who comes by and you know they might look at it and you go hey you know uh you know you're not interested in these single issues but you know currently there's there's this if you scan this it'll take you there right away do you have a a philosophy about um getting people in person to to check it out um so I, I don't believe it or not, I don't even bring broke down to tape to tables anymore. Okay. Uh, I've just got so much other stuff I don't bring in. I have in the past done that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when I went to MegaCon, we had expired two lives, so we sent that out to everybody. We had a QR code, we had people go to it. Uh, and I think that's good, but I, I find that um it's really hard to do like a secondary pitch to somebody, right? Like uh, I don't believe that someone's going to go home and buy. I've, I'm not seeing a good track record. So I kind of just focus on what's the table. Now, mind you, if someone's a big buyer of a whole bunch of stuff, I, I'm going to tell them about it because I want them to go home and back it. But no, for the most part, I don't do that. And it's not because I don't want to, but it, it's kind of like it's a separate thing. Like Kickstarter is one audience. The con is a different audience. A comic store is a different audience. So I kind of let them be their own thing. So if I'm at a show, these are all the books I have. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't pitch anything I don't have on the table. Like this okay. last one, I uh, I didn't have broke down on the table and didn't have voodoo. Not because okay. I don't like them, it's just they take up a lot of space. You know, there's there's so many variant covers, there's so much that I I didn't have room. Expired two just came out, so I filled the whole top run of that. Granite State's a big seller for us. We got that. Corns of Judas is a big seller. My wife's cottage cheese book just came out. So those are what we were focused on the rack um, and kind of left those other things at home. Yeah. Well, um, that might be a good segue. Um, yeah. We're certainly going to go back and talk about broke down and, and where we're at. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about some of the, you know, you mentioned these, these other titles. You want to talk about those a little bit? I mean, I know coins, band yeah, of coins bards. Of, yeah. So coins of Judas is with bands of bards. Uh, the two issues are out. So you can get them at your local comic store. You can get them from orange cone productions. That's about, um, 50 coins, the 30 coins of silver that uh, Judas pay, got paid to betray Christ. Um, and basically those spawn demons and they're hunting them down. We did two issues that are complete story that are out. We start a new one in October. That's um, that's the next run of that. In fact, um, there's actually a double issue coming out that is going to have one and two that will come into comic stores. I think September, I think, is when it comes out. Okay. So that'll be very cool. So if you missed it, you can get both of them together in like a little collected before we start the next arc, which is the gambler. Awesome. And it, so it's, it's the plan is always sort of the the two issue sort of arc um, yeah, story. I'm trying, to, and, I'm trying to do a throwback. You know, you're an old school comic reader, kind of throw back to the old two and ones. Okay. Yeah. You know, trying to throw it back to the old you know two issue story arcs. I mean, that was a a thing back in the day, two issue story arcs. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm trying to throw it back to that, and that's that's the the way we're going to design that particular. Yeah. Um, so we, we had mentioned expired. That's something that you're, you know, you, you have somebody that's sort of giving you a creative direction. Um, you know, 
sort of somewhat built the world, but you're sort of taking the helm and, and fleshing everything out. You have two issues of that. Right. Um, a number of anthologies. Um, you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the anthologies that you're involved in? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so the next anthology we've got coming up is next month, we are going to launch uh, Cthulhu Invades Neverland. Nice. Pretty cool. So uh, that, that story is going to launch. You've got a story with your co-host uh, in it, which is very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and... So that's exciting. So we're going to get you in uh, into that, and that's going to be a big deal. Um, getting that that going and uh, uh, going. So that's going to be our big launch. And then after that, uh, I have Voodoo, 3, Voodoo 4 done, and um, we're going to start production in July for Granite State Punk number three, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. That's a big deal. Those are are stuff that I have a secret anthology in October, and then we have Holiday Spirits 3, which is coming out for the year. So there's a lot of stuff on the pike trying to finish up this year. Again, that's not even counting the Gambler for Coins of Judas. That's not counting the um, Scout release of of the second issue of Grand State Punk. So it's it's a wild ride right now trying to get some all these things out and and where they need to be and – moving along on our path, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I know it's uh, a goal of, you know, most folks like us that are, that are indies to, to, you know, get a, get a publisher and, and stuff like that. So are you um, maybe a little bit relieved that like coins of Judas is, is one you leveled up by, by getting a publisher, but that's like one less title that you have to, to take the crowdfunding because you it sounds like you have a very full plate so it's like that's one thing where i'm guessing maybe you you work on it you write it you turn the files over to the publisher they they you know they give you some some feedback but then at a certain point that sort of i mean you're going to handle the promo and, and and you know making sure people know about it but at a certain point you've handed everything you can do sort of creatively off to them so is, is that something that's beneficial to you? Because again, it sounds like you have a million things going on. Yeah, that would be, uh, that is what normal people would do, Matt. That is a, a logical thing that I should do. You know what I did instead, Matt? August 2023, we'll be launching the Coins of Judas Kickstarter, which would be the trade of all of it. Um, reason why we did that is we just know we have an audience on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. and i know some of them never go to a comic store so we want to give the opportunity for them to get it what's cool about it though unlike um my normal kickstarters we should be able to do it a lot cheaper because the book's already done and been produced and already been in comic stores the content that i'm adding in the back is not not that we will add probably some new comic pages but not a lot and tyler would do tyler's a co-creator with me so i'm not paying any extra people um but yeah, yeah, we're doing that. So it helps having that. And I, it is so nice though, man. And you can tell the difference, Matt, like significantly. I got more people sharing, hey, I bought Coins of Judas, Travis. I'm really proud of you than I did Granite State Pond. And that's because they got that issue. They're less excited about it. But they were excited. What is this issue about? Going to their comic store to figure out what this story is going to be about. And then coming back the next month and getting it again, you know? So did the band the bar guys sort of work with you on the timing? Because I'm thinking, you know, having a trade of the first two issues also works as a as a benefit to say, you know what, 
get caught up. But once you're caught up now, move over here and, and tell your shop that you want to order this and, and keep going. So was there some planning there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did the first two, uh, the first two at a trade and like a, a, you know, a small 48, you know, um, circle bound book. Uh, hopefully circle bound. It may be stapled. I think I can do 48 and stapled, but I hope not. Um, and the goal was, hey, let's catch you up if you haven't picked it up. Um, it's low risk for us. You know, we don't need to sell a, a bunch because the book's already done. Mm -hmm. So we can just do it. It's easier for tables. Like I share the table, TableCon. And then the month after that is a gambler number one and gambler number two. So it's the collect gambler number one, number two. Instead of offering again one and two, we figure it'd be easier to just put it all together into one single volume. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, any, I know, I know with, with Coins of Judas, um, there was a lot of, of variant covers um uh is is one of the things maybe like a gallery of of the the covers and in, in the trade um for folks that weren't able to uh i know you can go online and probably see it but you know a lot of us like the to hold it in their hand and, and stuff like that is there like a uh a gallery of all the other uh, covers in the trade. Yeah, we're we're gonna do a gallery, and then we're also gonna do uh, some artists. We're gonna do some boxes, so the boxes will have um, uh, some of those random uh, variant covers thrown in there. So you'll be able to see them as a, in the gallery, uh, as well as you know you'll be able to get those. So we're gonna the the Kickstarter is gonna offer you know, and the Kickstarter is gonna be of of all four. You know, be the gambler and the regular as as one trade. Mm -hmm. um, I gotta. Probably it'll probably call you know volume one or the beginning you know um, I'll probably label it something different, uh, but uh, it'll have you know all that stuff. But we'll also on the Kickstarter offer the four individual issues too, so okay. you can buy the individual issues if you want, or you can buy the the trade and the issues. Trying to give people whatever way they want to purchase this, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, different options to do it, and we're going to have the stock to do so because um, you know we're just fulfilling the Kickstarter. Um, maybe have a couple of new variants uh, to help out. I know we'll have new variant art for the trade uh, itself, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So somebody, as somebody who sort of lives and breathes comics and is, is a, as a bit of a, a process junkie, have you ever wanted to do like, uh, like this is my script, this is the pencils, this is what it like came out, you know, like, you know, sometimes if you get like a Mark Millar book or, or somebody, you know, you can see, um, I think there was a, a director's edition of Strange Adventures by, by Tom King, where it was like, here's Tom King's script and here's what Mitch Jarrett's like drew from, from that. Have you ever wanted to do sort of like a behind the scenes, like stuff like that? I have, I have. Coins of Judas would be a good fit for that because there's literally pages where I'm like, uh, pages three through four. Here's the beginning of the fight scene. Here's how I need it to end. Have fun because I I allow that, uh, which is kind of neat. But I've seen and I love the process junkie. One of my favorite is is Authentics did an issue of Gambit. So Gambit, when Gambit had his first ongoing series. So after you know he had a couple of mini series, he had his first ongoing. There's a version of it that you can get that's super rare. I think there's like two thousand copies or something like that. I don't think most people know they even have it, but it actually starts out with pencils, goes through okay. pencils, goes to inks, goes to colors, 
then goes to letters. Like you don't oh, even wow. have lettering into the end. And it's, it was so cool as a kid seeing that and going through the whole process as someone who was a huge Gambit fan. And uh, it, it was super cool. And it came with a little sketch. It, it was it had a sketch on the front and a, uh, of Gambit. Very, very cool. It's pretty affordable if you can get it. You can get it probably between 30 and 50 last time I looked it up. Because I'd like to get another copy because I've thumbed through it so many times. It's definitely not mint anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's a very cool book uh, and highly recommend. But yeah, I'd like to do something like that. Um, but I have to figure out, like, I don't know. I guess it's that, you know, if I'm going to be real, like that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, who wants to see my scripts, right? Yeah, you know. Well, I, I think you read. You read Grant. Was it Grant? Did you read? You read Grant before it launched because that was in our group, right? Uh, I I I know that I read Coins of Judas in the group. Um, okay. So I I think that one thing that I have a really unique experience in that like I read it as just text on a page, right. and then a number of months later I got to read it as as a comic. So it was like this thing that. I had exposure to and then you know I, I pick up the comic and I read it and it's just sort of like that that spark of like oh I remember when I read this in the script so I, right. I had a really <laughs> unique experience in that like I had the director's cut months before anybody else and right. then it wasn't and like a one-to-one -one, yeah <laughs> it wasn't like a one-to-one -one correlation where I was like read this page right you know of script and they like so i i really enjoyed that um but yeah that 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 that's a unique experience for the four or five of us that were that were in that group so yeah, yeah we should cool. we should bring that group back up I, I i miss it i know that like it had some problems but I, we should bring it back no i it was it was it was it was i i enjoyed it um uh, it was it was good to see i always enjoy um seeing how everybody writes their scripts because um uh you know there's there's the saying that like if you if you're doing something for like hollywood there's like an exact format that you're supposed to use for like a screenplay but basically everybody's comic book script is is a little bit different and it's basically just a letter to your to your artist so right. as long as you guys understand each other you can use any any format that 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 works for you guys so everybody's a, is a little bit different so it's nice to see those little nuances and the, the things that people do do differently yeah absolutely um and, and it's funny too like i i think you i don't know if it happened during our meetings but i write different style scripts for different people so i'll do ones that 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 poke out the dialogue and count the dialogues for someone for bubbles and things like that. I, I do things a little differently. Uh, like when I do Granite State Punk, the locations are so important to me. So it's riddled with tons of pictures, you know, of the locations and stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I think we've touched on a, uh, on a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Um, everything. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the importance of uh, checking this book out. You know, we're recording this. Uh, let's see. What is today's date? Today is June 12th. Yep. This will be posted on the 13th. So you'll be in what the, the four to five day yep. um, range there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you talked a little bit as an elevator pitch, but you know, let's um, let's talk about it a little bit more as we, as we finish up here. Yeah. Um, 
So this book, you know, what's special about this, you know, is I think it really shows uh, my strength as a storyteller. I think uh, I, I love what I love about this particular book is it starts out with a familiarity. You feel like you're in a Quentin Tarantino movie. And then by the end, I show you're definitely not a Quentin Tarantino movie. I've got my own style. I've got my own rhythm. But I, I built you this sense that you kind of knew and you kind of felt like it was. Uh, I regret that as a, as a writer, like looking back. Uh, but at the time, I really felt very positive. And the reason why I regret it, before you ask that question, is I think people read it and be like, oh, it's just a clone of, of, uh, of uh, Pulp Fiction. And it was... It was more to like make you feel familiar to get you into the story faster. Okay. Uh, but as a rookie writer, that's not a good plan, right? Oh, this guy is imitating someone else. And it's not until those last chapters that you really know I can write, you know, where you see, oh, in that scene in issue one, they said, he said this, he meant this, right? Because I say things, uh, I was... I've been writing a long time. So mm -hmm. when I, 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 um, I plan ahead pretty frequently. So in, and I think broke down is one of those real examples where even in issue one, you see me saying things that people are reading and taking as face value, but then later you get context clue that maybe those things that they were saying is not just, they're kind of coded. And then you get, Oh, this is the code. This is what it means. I'm so excited, Matt, that you get to go not have to dig in your first issue and just flip to the front and be like, oh, what did he say? Oh, he said this. Oh, I thought this was that because I made an assumption. Oh, it's not, you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I got to say for myself, I'm I'm excited by the by the trade because this is going to give me the ability to, to put it on the shelf. Yeah. Because I got to be honest with you, uh, there's a ton of short boxes around my uh, house and I'm not quite sure where I put my singles. So this is going to be the, <laughs> there's, there's something about the ability to, to reach up on a shelf right. and pull something down and, 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 and not know in one of the many thousands of or hundreds of boxes, which, which one that, that, that is. So if you ever get the itch to, to revisit a story, a trade is, is the, the way to, the easiest way to do it, I guess I should say. Yeah, and I got to tell you, doing this trade has got me the itch. You know, if we don't, if we don't get to any of those stretch goals, I promise you, next year you'll see another broke down single issue with all those backup stories, okay, uh, singles. But I really kind of want to break that, break into that world again, you know, and try yeah. to try to tell a few more stories and get to those twelve issues because I think there's there's a story here. Um, you know, crime's just tough. It's a it's a tough sell. You know, it's a tough sell. You know, you know, even Metal Eagle had the same thing. Yeah. Uh, even with the extra element of, hey, this is a, a rock concert rock band, crime fiction, spy fiction kind of kind of just struggles. You know, people want yeah. are, they want a monster or they want a superhero. They want something larger than life in comics uh, and these other books. Not that they're not great. Just just struggle on the struggle. Yeah. So we're going to have a link to the uh, the Kickstarter in the show notes because we want to make it as easy as possible for people to to click that link yeah. and uh, and check it out. But where are the other uh, good places to, to follow you online? I know you have Substack. Yes, uh, Substack is the best. So TravisGibb.substack.com. I always I give out free comics. I talk about what's coming out. I uh, We go really into a deep dive of everything. Um, uh, orange cone related so uh, that's the one i would recommend 
what's uh what do you think is your secondary uh uh place to to go because i'm gonna link all your social media but you know certain yeah, people yeah, yeah. like things more than the other thing uh, like... either twitter or facebook um you know uh but the, those are my main ones oh and then you can um if you want to see me do interviews kind of similar to this i do a podcast called comics level up in fact we were supposed to do this last month uh or last week uh but we we had to do comics level i had to do a comics level up with david pepos um and that's really cool if you want to take a deep dive into comics and deep dive into people's careers that's what i do well i would think we would have a lot of crossover if you're if you're listening to a comic book podcast about process called constructing comics and we've right. talked about all of this stuff I, i'm assuming um folks that uh, listen to this would probably be a direct correlation. Let me jump over and, and check that stuff out. All right. So I'm going to link uh, Substack, Kickstarter, social media, um, so people can follow you. Um, one of two things, they, they need to follow you because uh, there's so much coming out that uh, you can count on a new project, I'm assuming, like monthly, every two, to, every two to three months. I would say actually monthly at this point monthly really like because even if you're not getting a product that month you're definitely we're talking about what's coming up the following yeah. month you know there'll be stuff like matt we've done nine we've completed nine books this year so far yeah you're hustling i'm gonna be over 12 for this year which is crazy that's a book a month yeah very cool well, uh, I want to encourage everybody to check out this this book in, uh, in trade. Um, I've been a broke down follower for, um, from issue one. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know where they are, but I have some of the, the extras. I used to have a really nice spell or nice smelling comic book room. My wife walked right. in and she was <laughs> like, why does it smell so nice in here? And I'm like, I have an air freshener in here. Um, so right. yeah, I've, I've been there since, since day one. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to catch back up. Um, so yeah, links to all Travis's stuff uh, in the, uh, in the show notes, there's also going to be a second Kickstarter link and that is going to be for the cosmic caveman. That yeah. is Noah's first foray into, to writing um, and I'm helping him publish that over at uh, Ageless Press. So there's a, a, a link there um, that is going to be launching in about 48 hours um, on the 14th of, of June. Um, Noah and I will be at Heroes Con. Noah has, is going to have ash cans of the um, first five pages of uh, Cosmic Caveman, and he will do a little sketch in there if you're at Heroes Con this weekend coming up. So uh, a, a, another Kickstarter link there. Um, if you want to follow our podcast, we're on Twitter. That is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>